Hi, I'm King Kaufman, producer of A's Plus. And don't worry, Susan Slusser will be with you. She's the host of this episode, but this is the life of a baseball writer. She had to run and catch a plane in Seattle. So I'm here to tell you that on this episode, she talks to A's pitcher Mike Fires, who talks about being with the Houston Astros last year and not making the playoff roster. He doesn't sugarcoat it. It was not good for him, not fun. She also talks to rookie sensation Ramon Laureano, who's made a huge impression in his first couple of months in Oakland. Finally, national baseball writer John Shea joins Susan for Shea Plus. That's all coming up with Susan Slusser on Ace Plus. Today on the Ace Plus podcast, we welcome in A's starter Mike Fires. Mike, you've been here um, not quite two months yet. Uh, obviously, a big change coming from Detroit to Oakland and into a, a pennant team, a, a playoff team. What are your thoughts on on coming over here? What's it been like for you? Well, it's been really fun, you know. First of all, and just to you know come over to a team that's fighting for a playoff spot and fighting for you know to play in a World Series and and um, it's just uh, it's it's exciting to you know play in October and not just go home right after the regular season. And uh, like I said, I mean just being able to play for a World Series. I mean that's what everyone's here for um, to win it all, be the last team standing, and um, you know and play with these these guys that make it fun. You've been kind of linked a little bit to the A's uh, before you actually wound up getting traded. It's a little unusual getting traded after the deadline. Uh, once the deadline passes, do you think like, okay, probably nothing's going to happen? What, what, what do you, did you feel like, okay, I'm, just, I'm here for the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to put too much uh, thought into being traded at the time, you know, uh, just out of respect for that, for that team and those guys there. Um, didn't want to look too much forward. I wanted to, you know, pitch every fifth day for that team that gave me an opportunity this offseason. And um, whatever happens, happens. And, um, you know, just like I said, just given the opportunity, I was, I was just so excited to pitch this year and uh, pitch for a team like the Detroit Tigers and um, had a lot of fun there, had a, had a great time. Uh, obviously, we're, we weren't going in the right direction, uh, the, the direction we wanted to go in, not as, as great as the A's. And, and to be traded here uh, just speaks loudly of this organization and what they think of me as a pitcher. And, um, so I'm, you know, glad to uh, take the next step in in my baseball career and come over here and help this team win. How do you evaluate your own performance since you've been here? I feel like I've done pretty well, um, just giving the team a chance to win. Um, getting, you know, going as deep as I can and handing the ball off to the bullpen. Um, a couple games that didn't really get into a rhythm, but you know, out of you know whatever, however many starts I've made, I felt like I've contributed pretty well and um, you know been able to win games for this team which in um, August and September have been um, you know big games you know pretty much every game's been big every win every every little every detail of each game you know every pitch every at bat and um, you know to pitch in these games it's it's exciting but at the same time uh, (laughs) you need to bear down and and really uh, take things seriously because I mean like I said everything's crucial now you were reunited with a a former catcher you you had uh, Jonathan Lilcore with you in Milwaukee what's that like is that a a nice you know maybe a little bit of a comfort zone to come to someplace and already know the catcher of all people of course yeah coming in um having played with Luke Roy and Chris Davis and Jed Lowry Jed Lowry I played with in Houston but 
um, Luke Roy and Chris I played with in Milwaukee. Chris, you know, me coming up through the minor leagues with him, uh, but pitching in the big leagues with Luke Roy, uh, him having me for a couple years and knowing my strengths and weaknesses, um, knowing what works best for me. And, um, you know, we also joke around too. I mean, we we played together for a while and, you know, in this game, you you know, especially with the team we had in Milwaukee, you know, a lot of guys, you know, we joked around and had fun doing it and um, kind of come over here and, and feel comfortable throwing to him. And like I said, just knowing knowing what my strengths and weaknesses are and knowing that he does a lot of work behind the scenes to get ready for a game. So, uh, you know, I trust him out there and, you know, the, the pitches he's putting down and wanting me to throw, um, you know, have a lot of confidence in him. So it's it's definitely comfortable coming over here and pitching him. Yeah, it does seem like, uh, and, and I've read some things and I've heard some things from scouts about the fact that you are pitching a little differently here with Oakland, particularly when you first came over, you know, maybe a few more elevated fastballs using the sort of the big curveball. Was that by design? Was that something that they kind of either said, here's a, a kind of a different game plan or just a strength that you feel like mm-hmm. is, uh, is best for you? Yeah, I think going through the year, um, you kind of find out what's working uh, throughout the first couple months. And, you know, the quicker you find it, the better you're off you're going to be in the season. I mean, these hitters adjust to you. And um, so the quicker you adjust back is, um, you know, is big and it helps out your you know, your year. And every year is different. So um, not that I try to change, but I think I do that every year. I try to adjust to the hitters and what they're doing against you. So. Um, but, you know, with Luke, like I said, he does his homework and he knows what pitches are working to certain guys and uh, just the numbers on what I'm throwing to these guys and it kind of shows you what's going on. So um, you just got to make little adjustments, you know, especially in-game, but definitely throughout the season and, um, you know, going start to start. Uh, it, you've always been such a, a command guy. Does that make things like adjustments easier? Because you, you really seem like you can ad- kind of adjust things within the zone pretty quickly too, like more elevated fastballs. Okay, no no problem with that. Yeah, I feel like I can I can adjust anything. Um, you know, I pride myself in throwing strikes and, um, you know, being aggressive and, you know, throwing all my pitches for strikes. So, um, you know, if maybe there's a tweak here and there and changing a pitch or, you know, spotting a pitch, I, you know, I really put pressure on myself to make that pitch. And, um, you know, even, you know, in game, if it's like, uh, a pitch I don't really throw that much to a certain guy or a certain hitter, a righty or lefty, and you know the numbers are saying to do it. And Luke's you know caught for so long, and he's seen those pitches work against certain guys. I mean, I just want to execute that pitch and, and trust him, like I said before. And um, you know, you know, obviously going into a game, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying yes to everything he puts down, and. <laughs> Uh, you know, he tells me to shake, you know, when I feel comfortable and throwing a certain pitch. But like I said, I have I have the confidence in him and going into games and, and knowing that he's, um, you know, studied these guys and, you know, do, done his homework before the game starts. So, um, but I just want him to execute pitches and, and, you know, be on the same page. You were nice enough to sit down with me for a feature story last week um, about your sort of the, your whole baseball history. Um, and you're one of those sort of unusual major league players in that you were not really that much of an amateur prospect. You weren't a like highly touted guy. How how would you describe sort of your your amateur career and your your status when it came to to teams and colleges coming out of high school? Yeah, I feel like I've I've changed every year as a pitcher, and I think a lot of guys change and um, work on certain hitters or work on certain pitches, and um, you know maybe your arm angle changes a little bit and. Um, you become you become a 
better pitcher, you know, later on. But I've always found a way to, you know, get guys out and, um, you know, throw a lot of strikes and be around the zone and then with my command expand the zone once I'm, once I'm ahead. So I've always been able to, you know, get, get certain swings, um, you know, stay away from the barrel a little bit more. And, um, but just really be aggressive and, and pitch and not worry about how many hits or home runs I'm going to give up. But, you know, knowing that this game is tough and hitting is tough. So um, just throwing a lot of strikes um, and, you know, using my pitches and trusting in my stuff. And uh, that's what I've done my whole career, no matter, you know, when I was in high school throwing 83 or, you know, now I'm throwing, I don't know what it is, 89 to 90, 91. Um, you know, it's it's all about command. I think you know, growing up and uh, you know, especially when I teach young kids, um, that's the biggest thing is command. You know, the velocity will come sooner or later, but you know, the command you can control, and um, you're gonna get bigger and stronger as as you grow. But um, you know, being able to command all your pitches and and execute pitches, um, that's I think that's the biggest. Uh, ability as a pitcher. Yeah, and I think maybe that's not necessarily something that scouts and, and schools are looking for quite as much, but um, you directed me to Charlie Sullivan, the scout who, who signed you, and I talked to him, and he said um, that's one of the things he loved about you when he saw you as an amateur was he knew he was going to be home like pretty quickly for dinner because he knew you were going to be throwing a lot of strikes, so <laughs> he saw that. But I know he told you, he's now with the Giants too, and I, I know he told you he saw you as a big league pitcher what, what did that mean to you at that point after kind of so long of kind of fighting to get any notice in a baseball rich area like southern florida yeah it's so it's something i've always wanted to do and and just watching baseball all the time growing up and um knowing i wanted to be on that stage but i didn't know exactly what it took what it was going to take to get there i knew um that i had to do very well any, anywhere i was and knowing that i didn't throw that hard but um yeah, it was, um, you know, for him to tell me he saw me as a big league pitcher right away uh, my senior year in, at Nova, it really opened my eyes and just to trust the process and um, for that guy to, um, you know, really throw that out there. I mean, it's I'm sure he doesn't say that to everybody. And, um, you know, for him to be a scout this long, I mean, he's, he's, he's seen things before. He's seen guys pitch and he's seen a lot of talent, you know, pass, you know, go and, um, you know, I just had had the confidence in him. You know, he's he's been a a good uh, you know mentor really, and um, to put the confidence in me, which I've had a lot of confidence in myself. But to be a big league starter, um, you know, I, I didn't really know exactly yet because I was I was still so young. So um, you know, but after that point, I you know I, I think I gained a little bit more confidence and and just knowing that my stuff is is working and just a again, trust the process and, and just go about my business and whatever level I'm sent to in the minor leagues, just take it around with it and, and pitch. And uh, with the Brewers, they moved me up pretty fast because I was able to do that. And, um, you know, before I knew it, I was in a big league game. And, um, you know, it, it was definitely a special moment for me and my friends and family. It's funny what happens when you throw strikes. Um, now, you also had a very scary incident while you were in college, um, an accident, and you fell asleep at the wheel. I'm not going to make you go through it again. You were very eloquent talking about it when we talked about it for the feature. But going through something like that, um, you know, but potentially uh, life-altering uh, accident like that, does that change your perspective on things at all? What, what did that kind of do to you personally going through that? Yeah, um, 
yeah, just not to take life for granted. Um, you know, there's things that happen every day in you know everyday life, and you just never know. Um, so, just to really, uh, I would say, just put everything I I, I put everything I I could into baseball, and and really worked as hard as I could to get to this point, and you know, to pitch beyond this point. You know, I still got a lot a lot of work to do in this game, and. You know, I, I love this game, so I just did everything I could because uh, baseball was taken away from me at, at some point, and that was a rough time, you know, even for a couple months. You know, anybody that's, you know, been injured or um, where they, they can't continue to play, uh, it's, it's it hurts, you know, it's sad. And, you know, I've had friends and, you know, people that have played and not been able to play because, you know, they've been, you know, cut or, you know, not signed or whatever it is and or guys that I've played with in the minor leagues that got hurt and just couldn't pitch anymore and um, you know I kind of know that feeling for a couple months I wouldn't say totally know the feeling because I I was able to come back but I know the couple months I was down it was definitely not a fun time and um, just to know what this game means to a lot of people it you know it sucks when you when it gets taken away from you so after that point I was just you know, want to do everything I could to, you know, better myself and and get better. And um, like I said, not take the game for granted. Uh, now, I, I know a lot of Ace fans know you maybe best from having played for the Astros the last few years. Uh, you, you threw a no-hitter, obviously, not too long after you went to Houston, right? What, what was that like? I know Jed was on your team when that happened. He was on the field when that happened. What, what was that, especially joining a new team and then doing something like that, what was the experience like? Oh man, it was uh, kind of life. I wouldn't say life changing, but it, at the time it was like I felt like it was just a lot of weight off my shoulders. Um, a lot of people, you know, that said that you weren't good enough to even pitch in college at at a, at a time, and to get drafted and to actually get to the big leagues and then succeed as a big leaguer and then throw a no hitter against a a team where. Um, <laughs> That's very well known. A lot of history. Um, it's the Dodgers. <laughs> the Los Angeles Dodgers where um, even that year, I mean, I they might have been in first place. I don't even remember. But, uh, I mean, a lot of good players, uh, good hitters. And um, it's, it's, it's crazy because it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, can say what they want about you, but only you can determine what, you know, you can do. So... Um, you know, for me to do that, it's, um, you know, it's not luck. It's, um, it takes a lot of work and um, a, lot of, a lot of hard work and a lot of determination and to get to that point and to really execute pitches in, in crucial times. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's more um, for my family and friends. You know, it, they, they follow my career more than, you know, I could have asked. I mean, they, every start they're, you know, texting me or, um, calling me and um, but after that start it was it was pretty crazy so um, everybody you've ever met <laughs> yeah and just to just to know that makes it makes everyone proud you know back home and it's a uh, it's a good feeling that is so cool mm-hmm. now um, last year when the the Astros went to the World Series you were not on the playoff roster that I'm sure that you know they, they obviously they acquired Verlander they made a lot of moves but I'm sure that it's probably not the greatest feeling this year you guys are heading into the postseason obviously you're a big part of the the, the A's postseason plans potentially you guys even 
might wind up facing the Astros at some point. Does that does that experience last year going through that kind of sitting and watching? Does that make you approach this any differently or feel differently about it? I don't know. It's it's kind of tough. I mean, I uh, just just going back to last year when I was left off the roster. Um, I mean, that's a that's a tough time for any player to go through. Um, you know, there's a couple guys where could have easily been on the roster, but you know, you can only have a certain amount of guys. And um, you yeah, down I a definitely. Always and yeah. Yeah, I definitely wasn't happy, um, but you know, <laughs> it's hard. To, it's hard to say that you know it was better for the team. You know, but ended up winning the World Series. Um, it's just, it, yeah, it's re- it's really hard. It's it's hard to talk about even, just because you, you've worked so hard that, that you know your whole life and you know even that year and to get to that point and to be left off the roster, it's you know it's definitely not the greatest moment of you know of your career. But you know going through that and and getting the experience of being through the playoffs and seeing what these guys did. But um, you know those games are are just like any other. I mean obviously they they mean more, but. I mean, it's the same game. You're, you know, you're facing, you know, the same hitters. Um, you're not trying to do anything different. Uh, a little bit more on the line, but you know, once the game starts, I think it all comes down. And you know, the, I think the hype leading up to it is more. But um, once you get in the game, it's kind of you just got to settle down as a pitcher and and really keep your um, keep everything level. You know, not try to get too high on these games and just go out there and pitch and do what I've done all year. So when, if I get that opportunity, um, you know, it's easier said than done, I'm sure. Um, you know, our, our pitchers made it look a lot easier last year in the playoffs. You know, hats off to those guys, you know, Verlander, Keiko, you know, McCullers, Morton. I mean, all these guys just pitched their butt off. And um, But, you know, I, I definitely want that opportunity this year to um, – you know, do that and, and um, you know, pitch for these guys and and really give our team a chance to win in the playoffs. Fantastic. Mike Fires, I think we, uh, if you guys keep advancing, I think we're going to see an awful lot of you. Thanks so much for joining us on Ace Plus. All right. Thank you. Today on A's Plus, we welcome in A's rookie center fielder Ramon Laureano. Ramon uh, had an immediate impact when he first came up and has still uh, just been playing great defense uh, and providing thing, a lot of the offensive spark for the A's. Ramon, the A's acquired you last year in a trade during the fall that I think uh, went a little bit under the radar at the time. Uh, you obviously went came up through the Houston system. What was it like for you to get traded after the season last year? Uh, that was the day the, the they were putting uh, protecting people for the 40 men. Uh, I had a pretty good idea that they weren't going to protect me. So so I, I had my mind off everything. I was just trying to, you know, work in the off season, do my work and prove everybody again the next year. And uh, yeah, they just called me in the afternoon and they just told me that they trained me. And then David Force called me that they actually not only trained me, but they protect me in the 40 men. So I was pretty, Pretty happy about that too. Right. So once they say that they're protecting you, you figure you're you're gonna stay there. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it gives me a little vault of confidence. Of you know, like they 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 have they set the bar pretty high on me. Right. That's what I think. And uh, yeah, and I just try to 
not only prove them but prove myself. Right. And then they trade you. So what what do you kind of think when the, the like they call you and say, oh, now you're going to Oakland? Uh, on the call up? Yeah. When, when they no when you when the when the Astros trade. Trade me? Okay. I, I was like you know I had a pretty good chance of you know making it with this team. Uh, I kind of knew their kind of philosophy, just playing against them over the years, pretty pretty fundamental team, and that's something that I focus on in the offseason. So I got I had to change my game a little bit, and that's exactly what I did, and, and it's paying off so far, but it hasn't paid off until that ring comes. Uh, last year you did have a down season. What, what was going on with you? What, uh, why do you think your, your season was not quite what you wanted last year? Uh... I don't know. I don't. I mean, a couple couple things happen, but uh, I don't. It just what it is. What it is. Uh, I I don't want to get into mo too much detail what happened, but uh, it just it just I just take it as you know. It is what it is. Uh, I gotta learn from it, and uh, it's, it's a big challenge. It, it was a hard year mentally, and uh, but I just learn from it and try to not make it happen again. Right. <laughs> yeah. What sort of adjustments did you make coming into this season? Um, I mean, just something about my stance. And then I just have a purpose every single time that I go in the box. If you go 0 for, let's not say 0 for 10, but if you go 0 for 20 and 30, <laughs> you still have a pretty, you feel pretty confident because your swing is there. You're uh, physically you're there, and so you don't have to worry about anything else. It's just part of the game. It's a game of failure, so you just learn from everything. Now you came into big league camp this year. It's a new organization. Obviously, you're trying to make an impression, uh, and you're playing well. And then you broke your your finger was broken with the pitch. What, what was that? How disappointing was that for you? Because you're you're the new guy in camp, and now suddenly you can't play. Uh, Something that I learned last year too is just don't question life. It is what it is. You know, just accept everything how it is. And uh, to be honest, at the moment, I knew I broke it, so I I knew exactly what day I was gonna start the season. I knew I was gonna be back playing minor league, ba playing baseball again, mid May, something like that. That's exactly the, the exact day that I start playing. And uh, but I was just like you know it is what it is. Let me just be the best rehab guy that I can be, and and just try to keep improving. And I have um, a month and a half left to keep improving, so let's just keep going. Um, once you got to Nashville and started playing, I think you, you really took off pretty quickly. Uh, how would you describe your time in Nashville and the way you played there? Uh, I mean, I was with such a great group of guys, great coaching stuff. Uh, and, and I was blessed because, I mean, you know, everybody was, it's just like up here, it's just everybody's so loose in the dugout, in the clubhouse, and uh, and I just, I just had a really good hitting coach too, Emar, and he just kept, kept me on my belt, uh, and friend, I mean, I was just really glad he was, I was with him. I, I was able to play for him and uh, just just keep me level all the time, same attitude. It's just something that gives you a lot of confidence. So um, when you get called up, what's your mindset then? What, what, what were you really trying to accomplish when you very first get called up? <laughs> so I was just trying to, you know, 
everything is normal but as soon as you step in that box for the first time it's gonna be it's gonna feel a little weird and you might you might you don't even you won't know what's going on so kind of stay focused breathe uh keep the same routine don't panic i panic and uh but at the same time you you know if you just take cold time out if you you need a breather and then you just go back at it in the home play with your approach and that's that's what i try to try to do it yeah. didn't happen for the first 10 at bats but <laughs> but uh you know after that it's been it's been pretty good so far I think everybody knows about your arm now, particularly after that amazing throw that you made in Anaheim. Have you always had that strong an arm, or is that something you had to to develop or, or work on at some point? Uh, I mean, the instincts and everything has always come from, like, I was a little kid. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, the arm was, he, he always been there, too. Uh, I was a pitcher in high school, so I, I worked with a pitching coach during high school. I can't remember his name right now, but uh, he, yeah, he helped me. I, I learned something, and then uh, I, I admire a bunch of center fielders in the game. They're all pretty much in the American League East, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, just watching them how they go about tracking balls and stuff like that, how they use the wall, and I admire all those guys. Who, who in particular do you like to watch? Uh, Pilar, how he runs. I mean, overall, Jackie Bradley, Mookie Betts on the throw, how his mechanics is on, on the throws, and I mean, I literally learned from everybody. And I heard something about, I heard an interview of Mike Trout about his taking better reads, better position pre-pitch, and I, I took that too. I mean, he's he's always always learning about any any guy, anybody. Who, who here on this team has been particularly helpful for you or have you, have you learned a lot from whether spring training or Nashville or here now? Uh, who in particular have you really turned to for help? I have a bunch of guys, but I, the guy in particular is uh, Matt Joyce, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Joyce, he, he's in every aspect. I mean, hitting... Uh, uh, defensively uh, and just the attitude in the clubhouse how I should be and uh, don't to get a, don't get ahead of myself and just keep myself level learn learn that more having the year that you've had this year so far uh, what do you think next year holds for you like your future you're, you're young you feel like you're still getting better and like you'll be an even better center fielder and a better hitter yeah I feel I try, to take, I try to take it a day at a time, but uh, nothing is secure in this game. Uh, so I got to keep the serving, got to earn the job, got to earn everything again. That's how I, I approach it. And uh, at the same time, just keep working hard, and, but it's going to be good, you know, making adjustments with the uh, the the opposition, you know, that you face them, face them more, and uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little, not easy. Easy is not a word, but more comfortable, I guess. Now you guys are headed to the playoffs. You're you're a rookie. How how do you feel about the situation that that you guys are going going into? First the the wild card game against the Yankees, and then maybe more. 
Uh, more for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, just trying. I, I really it's still. It's, I, it's, I think it's gonna be like the debut. You know, it, it's just like I don't know what to expect. So I don't think about it that much. Uh, when I get there, obviously it might be different, but I know exactly what to do. And uh, it's just it's the same game. Hopefully it's in Oakland. Uh, it might be in a different stadium, but it is what it is. And uh, just keep battling and keep competing and playing hard for this team. Great. Ramon Laureano, thanks so much for joining us on A's Plus. Thank you, Susan. It's time for Shea Plus, our talk with the Chronicle's national baseball writer, John Shea. Uh, John, this has been quite a week for the Oakland A's. They gained a playoff spot for the first time since 2014, going in with what looks like uh, probably will be the second wild card spot. What did you think about uh, their clinch day Monday? After they, obviously, they knew going into the game Monday, or really in the first inning, that they had a spot. But then they went out and, and won anyway, which is probably a little better for a champagne celebration. Yeah, all these cool and calm A's that we've seen all season with their game faces on and focused in the moment suddenly turned into party animals, didn't they? Did, did you stay clear of the champagne in the game? I, I did not. I got I got oh. pretty doused, i got to say. The good thing that uh, it was the first game into a series, so I had time to send out some of my clothes to get laundered. Otherwise, I would be uh. packing some pretty stinky clothes. Well, I saw, I saw a lot of cool things from afar watching the post game and seeing it on video and from Matt Chapman who you know, drinking out of a champagne bottle <laughs> he looks like a kid right he's 18 years old and was it was that Trevor Cahill in the middle of in, in the middle of a big scrum jumping up and down like a like a kangaroo I mean he's he's the ultimate game face guy kind of walks around doesn't say a word and suddenly let loose and uh, yeah there were a lot of guys having a good time particularly i think the pitchers who did not knew they were not gonna have to pitch the next day right in fact uh i, I think i saw daniel mangan found two beers at once <laughs> and and i and i tweeted this i said i said that's four shy of Bumgarner's record <laughs> and of course i got all this heat from people who didn't really understand what i was talking about but Bumgarner once down six at a time after oh my gosh. celebration, which is not recommended, obviously. No. For folks at home, but uh, but <laughs> they do zany things because uh, you know I guess it's better if they don't drink it, right? But you know, just spray it all around. But but Melvin uh, Melvin said something in the quick speech that he gave that uh, you know this team is unlike any other that he ever managed and 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 that this wouldn't be the 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 first and only clinching party so uh, that was kind of telling what he was saying and perhaps the players are buying into that yeah I like what he said he said he told them uh, essentially look around this room at this celebration you're having you want to have more of these you want you want the room to look like this again which uh, I thought was a good way to put it um, and they certainly did have fun you know I cover a lot of hockey and um, hockey does I love a lot of things about it but hockey they are very strict about no celebrations unless you win the Stanley Cup so there's so many rounds in the hockey postseason, and nobody celebrates. There's nothing like this. I, lo- I love the fact that in baseball you celebrate your making the playoffs, you celebrate a division win, you celebrate each round through the playoffs. I think it's fantastic. You, you never know when you're going to get back. It's tougher and tougher every year for, for teams to repeat a playoff appearance. So uh, 
kudos to the A's. Congratulations to them. And, and uh, you know, they were a little bit under the gun to win and not have to lose and then uh, pop, pop the champagne. Now, though, there's a lot more to talk about, particularly the next day. They go out, they score eight runs, despite all their uh, par- partying ways the, ne- the uh, previous night. Uh, but they do blow uh, a late save. Matt Chapman made an error with two outs in the ninth, which we never see. Blake trying in, uh, on the hook for the blown save. Of course, uh, an unearned run against him. But they had been 68-0 and when leading after seven, which is just mind-boggling. Uh, they go into the final week of the regular season before losing in, in such circumstances. Uh, what, what's your impression of that? Could it maybe even almost be a good thing to kind of have that record <laughs> disappear before the postseason starts? Yeah, it takes a little bit of pressure off. It's like you know, these undefeated teams in football, uh, maybe losing one at the very end, knowing that they're going to be in the playoffs anyway, just to just to keep them hungry, just to keep them focused and say, hey, we can lose. You know, It's not like we're invincible here. So it, it came in a meaningless game, right? So, I mean, if no one is in the forest to hear the tree that fell, does it make a sound? I mean, it, 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 I, I was, well, you were there. I was covering a couple of the giant Padre games this week and heard people want to cancel the series because it didn't mean a thing. I'm not sure that was possible. But, but I mean, talk about meaningless. At least the A's, you know, at the time still had a chance, and they do now as we speak to overcome the Yankees and get the home field for the wild card, but still a long shot. Uh, but again, it came in a meaningless game. Uh, but on, on the other hand, after that loss, the A's had a 500 record over, over 12 games, and I wonder if that's a concern. Maybe they're, you know, they, they, they've had a, a couple of rough, tiny spells here. And uh, and, and you, mentioned, you mentioned Chapman makes an error that doesn't often happen, I guess, like then anyway, talking about losing the lead. But he's got 20 errors. The, the best defensive player, period, in, in the game, according to all the metrics. He has 20 errors. How, how do you explain that? Well, uh, part of it is that he gets to balls that nobody else even ha- could dream of getting to. But uh, you know what? Lately, he has not been as uh, solid with the routine plays. The error he made last night was a, a routine play, you know? It was a yes. It was just a ground ball, and, and he had an easy throw to second, you know, going the short way. And uh, he, he just clubbed the play. He's had a few of those lately, which is unusual. And it, you know Matt Chapman. I know Matt Chapman. Uh, I can't even imagine how much he was beating himself up for that. I've mm-hmm. seen him beat himself up for missing grounders in batting practice when, when somebody's mm-hmm. hitting in fungos. So uh, this is a guy who takes his craft very seriously, um, almost in the same vein I think that's the sort of thing that um, that will make him get better. You know, he is not going to be complacent after doing that a, a couple of times here this month. I I can't imagine. That's just just not the way he is. Yeah, 33, 35 year, whatever it is, ever in baseball for me. I, I've never seen, and I saw it this year, a guy turning infield get so upset that he just threw his glove down like he was 10 <laughs> years old and wanted to go home. And shortly thereafter, maybe he took one more ground ball and made a beeline into the clubhouse. And they came back about 10 minutes later, kind of refreshed and saying, you know, maybe that's not such a big deal that I make an error in pregame. <laughs> but he takes it serious. He does. He, wants he to does. Be perfect. And it's just not possible. To yeah. Be perfect. But on the routine plays, you really got to be perfect. Yeah. He's got he's to nail that down. They, I mean, that's the thing in the playoffs. You can't, there's no room for 
anything like that in the playoffs. So, you know, to be to the A's credit, they have had very few of those kind of games this year. You know, those are the those are the kind of games bad teams have, and the A's have eliminated that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such Chapman miss a grounder in in uh, batting practice and pick up the ball and heave it into the second deck. <laughs> so, hmm. Yeah, he's not. Wow. Yeah, he's he's pretty motivated defensively. Um, but you can't just make the spectacular plays. And he did the next inning. He turns around and makes a spectacular play on a little little popped up bunt. So uh, we saw sort and, of and, and by the way, and by the way that, that streak of sixty eight no, it's going back to last year. It's eighty three, you know. Yeah. So it's it, 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 holy cow. That's I mean that's eighty three wins in a in a row. Uh, that wasn't interrupted uh, after leading, you know, through seven. And that's just unheard of. Yeah. I mean, no other team has fewer than three losses. That's Bla- uh, it's Blake Trinan. That's about when Blake Trinan, yeah, yeah, that's about when Blake Trinan joined the A's. And, and a lot mm-hmm. of it is due to him. A lot mm-hmm. of it is the A's increasingly good defense um, that's in, improved starting about when that mark uh, happened early September last year. Everybody remembers how well they played in September last year when the kids all came up. Uh, so yeah, those things go hand in hand. But this week, the the bullpen, you know, they've got 18 guys in the bullpen. But Bob <laughs> Melvin has found himself a little thin, and one reason why is um, Lou Trevino's got a little neck thing, uh, which I think is a concern. But even more of a concern, I think, is just Lou Trevino and how he's been pitching. Um, you know, the results uh, the last month or so have not been what what we saw the first three or four months of the season. What's been your impression of what's going on with him? He's a rookie. He's pitched a lot of innings. We know that. Has mm-hmm. the league caught up to him, maybe? Well, I, I'm, I'm afraid to use him in the wild card game. Yeah. To tell you the truth, uh, he, he was he was lights out into August. And uh, last 22 games, 8-6-6 ERA. I mean, that's just uh, not acceptable for a, for a late-inning guy who um, is just too hittable at this point. He had a one-something ERA before that, and he was the setup man in baseball. But he's a rookie, right? I mean, 72 innings, maybe he's just gassed, and he hit a wall, and and maybe he's not going to come through this. And yeah, and he's seen a lot of these times, a lot of teams now, second, third, fourth time through in some mm. cases. I think some of them have a better idea on him. I mean, it really looks to me like some teams are starting to feel – you know, not necessarily comfortable, uh, but more like they might have a little bit of an idea what they what they're looking at. So, um, yeah, it's tough. That's what they always say. It's a game of adjustments, and I, I think the the A's need to figure out how to to get Trevino back on on a, a little bit better path. Whether it's changing pitch sequences or um, you know the the little bit of the pitching plan in general, I, I think that might help a, a little bit. But they, the A's will need him if they are going to make a deep playoff run. I could, I'm with you. Maybe mm-hmm. avoid him in the wild card game, but they're going to need him at some point if they make a deep playoff run um, here for sure. Now, of course, we know the A's opponent. How do how do you feel like the A's match up against the Yankees? Ooh, well, Yankee Stadium. You know, I I just keep coming back to. This team is so young, you know, especially the everyday guys, minus the catcher, Lucroy, minus the second baseman, Lowry, and and Piscotti to an extent. But everybody else just new to this uh, playoff run baseball. Uh, you know, the corners, the shortstop, whoever they have in center, uh, whoever they have in left. I mean, it, it, there's nobody other than the guys I mentioned with any kind of playoff experience, except for Matt Joyce, who you might not see unless he's off the bench. Uh, so it's 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 almost like they they don't know they can fail. They don't know that they're not supposed to do all this. It's, they don't know that the big bad Yankees are going to be favored 
and they, they just say, okay, who's our next opponent that we're going to take down? And I, th I think that's the mentality. It's not like uh, any moment is too big for these guys, and it's they're, they're not in awe of anybody they play, and they haven't been since mid-June. They have the, still the best record despite the you know, splitting the last 12 games. They have the best record in the majors since since then. They have the best record in the majors since the All-Star break. So they're not really letting up. And to go into New York, I, I, it, it's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, you, you hope it doesn't turn in, you know, if you're an A's fan, into what happened in Kansas City where it's a slugfest. You hope it's going to be 4-3 to three or 4-2 to two, because that means the A's bullpen can take over and maybe shut them down late. Yeah, um, that you certainly want to avoid any any similar scenario at all to the wild card game. So one, one key is you got to keep Jonathan Lucroy healthy because he, that's where that that wild card game at Kansas Remember City that? turned was six deals. Yeah, Soto getting knocked out. Um, but you know the Yankees are on the young side too. The A's have have had their playoff series with the Yankees before. Um, certainly, we remember those. Those were star-studded Yankees teams, older veteran teams with mm. superstars. Uh, the Yankees have superstars now, of course, but you know the bulk, especially of that homegrown talent, which is very impressive, is pretty young. So I actually like. You know, they're in some ways they're they're similar teams. I was talking to Billy about the Billy Bean about the matchup, and and he noted that you know that a little bit built the same way. Not a ton of free agents for the Yankees. A lot of guys acquired by trades or organically produced in in the system. So uh, it's going to be interesting. We get to see our old friend Sonny Gray if he's on the roster. If you're the Yankees, <laughs> do you put Sonny Gray on the roster? Boy, I don't know. I don't know if. Uh... Why would he use him? In what role yeah. could he possibly be used? Uh, uh, Isn't that there's crazy? There's no such thing as, as, as a long reliever. I mean, everything's going to be short in a nine-inning, uh, one-and-done game. But uh, you're, you're right about the Yankees. They're, I mean, they have two rookie of the year candidates uh, on one infield. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, push for Torres and Andovar, the second baseman, third baseman, uh, you know, to overtake Otani. I, I, I'm thinking Otani should win that in the landslide, but... It just goes to show how how well the Yankees seem to draft and develop. You know, going back to the core four in New York uh, when they won all those championships, uh, led by Jeter, etc. And you know, they're they're doing it again. And uh, you know, Aaron Judge, uh, the California kid. And, you know, they picked up Stanton, obviously, which was huge, and they brought in uh, Gregorius after Jeter. And you know, that's a story in itself. Uh, is he going to be available? He uh, hurt himself sliding into the. the to the plate and messed up his right wrist and he hasn't been playing he's he was cleared to uh engage in baseball activity but that's after a cortisone shot and can he swing it back can he, can he hit these a's pitchers coming in at 96 97 you know those guys are going to try to bust them inside when, when a guy has a, a sore wrist you know to prevent him from being able to extend and take the pitch out to right field so that's that's a minus in the category of uh, of the yankees and you know what might be fun to watch is, is the managers. I mean, Bob Melvin, the, the wise old manager, has been around for a long time, and uh, and, and the Yankees have a have a have a rookie um, manager leading yeah. them. Uh, so uh, it's it's not um, you know that I mean who who knows? I mean, we we've seen uh, Dave Roberts uh, kind of overmanage in the uh, postseason last year, which cost the Dodgers by yeah. pulling a guy. Uh, when he's you know not ready to be pulled, and then suddenly there are extra innings, and, and they're using guys who really shouldn't be used in that situation, and then they lose, and, and they're ousted. But it, 
But anyway, I think Bob Nolan might be really looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone is. You know, 2014 left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth. I think the A's would really like to have a wild card game that that goes a little bit better because uh, that one was a, a gut punch. Uh, I, I love it. I love it as a matchup. You know, two very good bullpens, two very good young teams. Mm-hmm. You're right. Two personable managers. One an, a veteran. Yes. One a rookie. Uh, two. Um, general managers or what it you know whatever billy is billy and brian cashman are like the best of friends really close um yankees assistant gm gene afterman is from san francisco and this is off a's topic but i do hope she's being considered by the giants because she's from san francisco and she's mm-hmm. as smart a person as there is in baseball um so yeah, even even down to the number twos in the front office with david forrest and gene afterman i, I, I love by the way i love the whole thing the way, she, she went to larry Bear's high school yeah so if she goes for that job, she'll uh, have... Yeah. She's got a place in Napa. Start. She just bought a place in Napa yeah. like two years mm-hmm. ago. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love it. Plus, she's a she's a kick in the pants. I, do, I wrote a story, as you remember, a couple years about her, ago about her, mm-hmm. and uh, she's got a thespian background. She's a stage actress, and she's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a, about as interesting a job candidate as you could ever hope to find. So... I kind of kind of got my fingers crossed that they will certainly at least consider her. John well, Shea. Larry Bear's, Larry yeah. Bear's talking he or she. Yeah, I saw that. Speaking of hiring. That's why everybody started going like, oh, Kimming or Gene, so. Gene Afterman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure both of them will be interviewed. <laughs> that would be great. Um, John Shea, you and I will be have a chance to talk in person next week for the Shea Plus segment, which will be a treat. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. But I think we're going to have a lot of fun in, in, probably in New York. Safe travels, Susan. All right. Thanks, John Say, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye. Ace Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. I'd love it if you'd rate, review, and subscribe to Ace Plus wherever you get your podcasts. This show is produced by King Kaufman and Fernando Diaz. For more A's coverage, follow me on Twitter at Susan Slusser and get all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. 